This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This reading by Chris Gorringe. The Glugs of Gosh by C. J. Dennis. 5. The Growth of Sim. Now Sim was a glug, and it is mentioned so that the tale reads perfectly plain as we go. In his veins ran blood of that stupid race of docile folk who inhabit the place called Gosh, sad Gosh, where the tall trees sigh, with a strange, significant sort of cry when the gloaming creeps and the wind is high. When the deep shades creep and the wind is high, the trees bow low as the gods ride by, gods of the gloaming who ride on the breeze, stooping to heaven the birds and the trees. But each dull glug sits down by his door and mutters, "'Tis windy, and nothing more, like the long-dead glugs in the days of yore." When Sim was born, there was much to do, and his parents thought him a joy to view. But folk not prejudiced saw the glug, as his nurse remarked, in the cut of his mug. For he had their hair, and he had their eyes, and the glug expression of pained surprise and their predilection for pumpkin pies. And his parents' claims were a deal denied by his maiden aunt on his mother's side, a tall glug lady of fifty-two, with a slight moustache of an auburn hue. Parental blither, she said quite flat. He's an average glug, and he's red and fat, and exceedingly fat and red at that. But the father, Joy, when he gazed on Sim, dreamed great and wonderful things for him. Said he, if the mind of a glug could wake, then oh, what a wonderful glug he'd make. We shall teach this laddie to play life's game with a different mind and a definite aim. A glug in appearance, yet not the same. But the practical aunt said, fudge, you fool, we'll pack up his dinner and send him to school. He shall learn about two times and parsing and capes and how to make money with inches on tapes. We'll apprentice him, then, to the drapery trade, where I've heard it reported large profits are made. Besides, he can sell us cheap buttons and braid. So poor young Sim, he was sent to school, where the first thing taught is the golden rule. Do unto others, the teacher said, then suddenly stopped and scratched his head. You may look up the rest in a book, said he. At present it doesn't occur to me, but do it, whatever it happens to be. And now, said the teacher, the day's task brings consideration of practical things. If a man makes a profit of fifteen pounds on one week's taking from two milk rounds, how many, and Sim went dreaming away, to the sunlit lands where the field mice play, and wrens hold revel the lifelong day. He walked in the welcoming fields alone, while from far, far away came the pedagogue's drone. If a man makes, multiply, abstract nouns, from B take population of towns, rods, poles, or perches, derived from Greek. Oh, the hawthorn buds came out this week, and robins are nesting down by the creek. So Sim was head of his class not once, and his aunt repeatedly dubbed him Dunce. But give him a chance, said his father, Joy. His head is abnormally large for a boy. But his aunt said, Piffy, it's crammed with bosh. Why, he doesn't know the rivers and mountains of Gosh, nor the names of the nephews of good King Splosh. In Gosh, when a youth gets an obstinate look, and copies his washing bill into a book, and blackens his boot heels and frowns to joke, Ah, he's getting sense, say the elderly folk. But Sim, he would laugh when he ought to be sad, 
said his aunt. Lock a mussy, what's wrong with the lad? He romps with the puppies, he talks to the ants, and keeps his loose change in his second best pants, and stumbles all over my cauliflower plants. There is wisdom in that, laughed the father, joy. But the aunt said, Toity, and drat the boy. He shall play, said the father, some noble part. Who knows but it may be in letters or art? Tis a dignified business to make folk think. But the aunt cried, What? Go messing with ink, and smear all his fingers, and take to drink, paint hussies and cows, and end in the clink? So the argument ran. But one bright spring day, Sim settled it all in his own strange way. "'Tis a tramp," he announced, "'I've decided to be, "'and I start next Monday at twenty to three. "'When the aunt recovered, she screamed, "'A tramp! "'A low-lived, pilfering, idle scamp "'who steals people washing and sleeps in the damp!' "'Sharp to the hour, Sim was ready and dressed. "'Young birds,' sighed the father, "'must go from the nest. "'When the green moss covers those stones you tread, "'when the green grass whispers above my head, "'mark well, wherever your path may turn.' They have reached the value of peace, who learn that wise hearts cherish what fools may spurn. So Sim went off, and a year ran by, and the father said with a smile-masked sigh, It is meet that the young should leave the nest. Said the aunt, Don't spill that soup on your vest, nor mention his name. He's our one disgrace, and he's probably sneaking around some place with fuzzy black whiskers all over his face. But under a hedge, by a flowering peach, a youth with a little blue wren held speech. With his back to a tree and his feet in the grass, he watched the thistle-down drift and pass, and the cloud-puffs spawn on a lazy breeze, moved by their errand above the trees into the vault of the mysteries. "'Now teach me, little blue wren,' said he. "'Tis you can unravel this riddle for me. "'I am amazed by the gifts of this kindly earth. "'Which of them all has the greatest worth?' He flirted his tail as he answered then, he bobbed and bowed to his coy little hen. Why, sunlight and worms, said the little blue wren. 6. The End of Joy They climbed the trees. As was told before, the glugs climbed trees in the days of yore, when the old trees in the land today were a tender little seedling. Nay, this climbing habit was old, so old, that even the cheeses could not have told when the past glug people first began to give their lives to the climbing plan. And the legend ran that the art was old as the mind of man. And even the mountains, old and hoar, and the billows that broke on Gosh's shore since the far-off Neolithic night, all knew the glugs quite well by sight. And they tell of a perfectly easy way, for yesterday's glug is the glug of today, and they climb the trees when the thunder rolls to solemnly salve their shop-worn souls, for they fear the coals that threaten to frizzle their shop-worn souls. They climb to the trees, tis a bootless task to say so over again, or ask the cause of it all, or the reason why they never felt happier up on high, for joy asked why, and joy was a fool and never a glug of the fine old school, with fixed opinions and Sunday clothes and the habit of looking beyond its nose and treating foes with the calm contempt of the one who knows. And every spider who heaves a line and trusts to his luck when the day is fine or reckless swings from an awful height, he knows the glugs quite well by sight. You can never mistake them, he will say, for they always act in a glug-like way. And they climb the trees when the glass points fair For circumspection and proper care For they fear to tear the very expensive clothes they wear.
But Joy was a glug with a twisted mind of the nasty meditative kind. He'd dared meditate on modes of gosh, and dared to muse on the acts of splosh. He dared to speak, and worse than that, he spoke out loud, and he said it flat. Why climb, said he? When you reach the top, there's nowhere to go, and you have to stop. Unless you drop, and the higher you are, the worse you flop. And every cricket that chirps at eve and scoffs at the folly of fools who grieve and the furtive mice who revel at night all know the glugs quite well by sight. For why, they say, in the land of Gosh there is no one else who will bow to splosh and they climb the trees when the rain pelts down and feeds the gutters that thread the town for they fear to drown when floods are frothy and waters brown. Said the glug called Joy, This climbing trees is a foolish art, And things like these cause much distress in the land of Gosh. Let's stay on the ground and kill King Splosh. But Splosh, the king, he smiled a smile And beckoned at once to his hangman, Guile, Who climbed a tree when the weather was calm, And they hanged poor Joy on a snufflebust palm. Then they sang a psalm, did those pious glugs, Neath the snufflebust palm. And every bee that kisses a flower, And every blossom born for an hour, And every bird on its gladsome flight, All know the glugs quite well by sight, For they say, "'Tis a simple test we've got, If you know one glug, why, you know the lot." So they climbed a tree in the burgeoning spring, And they hanged poor Joy with some second-hand string. "'Tis a horrible thing to be hanged by glugs with second-hand string." Then Splosh, the king, rose up and said, It's not polite, but he's safer dead, and there's not much room in the land of Gosh for a glug named Joy and a king called Splosh. And every glug flung high his hat and cried, We're glugs and you can't change that. So they climbed the trees, since the weather was cold, while the brazen bell of the city tolled, and tolled and tolled the fate of a glug who was overbold. And every cloud that sails the blue, and every dancing sunbeam too, and every sparkling dewdrop bright, all know the glugs quite well by sight. We tell, say they, by a simple test, for any old glug is like the rest. And they climb the trees when there's weather about, in a general way, as a cure for gout, though some folks doubt if the climbing habit is good for gout. So Joy was hanged, and his race was run, and the glugs were tickled with what they'd done. And after that, if a day should come when a glug felt extra specially glum, he'd call his children around his knee and tell that tale with a chuckle of glee. And should a little glug girl or boy see naught of a joke in the fate of joy, then he'd employ stern measures with such little girl or boy. But every dawn that paints the sky, and every splendid noontide high, all know the glugs so well, so well, tis an easy matter and plain to tell. For lacking wit with a candour smug, a glug will boast that he is a glug. And they climb the trees, if it shines or rains, to settle the squirming in their brains, and the darting pains that are caused by rushing and catching trains. End of Book Six